Thatcher. Meredith got his arm and leg blowed off by a tank mine. All we can do is thank God he didn't get killed. Two guys I went to high school with have gotten killed. Sam Bartlett and Alton McAllister. They were good guys, too. I looked up their pictures in the yearbook to see what sports they were in. Sam Bartlett wasn't in the first thing. There was just his name there. Bliss is beside herself, standing at the window looking for the mailman. Mark sends a postcard or letter every time he hears from Meredith's doctor. Rhonda's jumpy, pregnant, throwing up, and crying at everything. She had to stop singing in a rock and roll band, and God knows I'm surprised she didn't have an abortion so she could keep singing. Bliss said they shouldn't have gotten married, and she was right. Meredith needed to be about 40 before he got married. And Papa has started working on the float plane again. It was disassembled and piled in the back of the shop, but now he's got it all back together again. The notebooks he's kept going. The notebooks he's kept going. He's got all the stuff we've heard from Meredith in there. He says the first thing he's going to do when Meredith gets home is give him a ride on the lake. Good luck. He may give him a ride on the lake, but not in the air. He's on his third set of engines, and there's no way that damn thing will ever fly. It's too ugly, for one thing. He ought to be spending some time working on Nora Lee's ass. She's dating a hippie, and word was, a couple of years ago, that she had the hots for a nigger. It's like she's just hanging around, soaking up how things are going crazy, especially with all this marching against the war. I sure as hell can't talk to her, and I thank my lucky stars that Taylor ain't but seven with all this crap going on. I've got Taylor hitting left-handed like Papa tried to do with Mark and Meredith. He helps me wash the car, too, and I've got him shooting a rifle. Me and Bliss had a big fight about him shooting the rifle, but hell, it don't kick. A rifle don't kick. Bliss is odd that way. I think this whole thing about Meredith and Mark going off to war influenced her somehow. She's touchy about stuff. And now, with Meredith getting his arms shot off and all, she's more jumpy than ever. Meredith The flight from Nam seemed like around the world. I was on a stretcher and couldn't sit up. Straight out as the ace of spades. A lot of other guys were on the plane, too, except most of them could sit up and sip soup. This is one goddamn hell of a big mess. And I'll be in one goddamn hell of a big mess for the rest of my life. And I don't know why somebody couldn't have sat down and figured something out over there beforehand. If all they had to go through, if, if they all had to go through this themselves or either figure out how to stop it, then it would have stopped because nobody is going to cho choose to go through this kind of goddamn worthless condition. But the communists won't compromise is what they say. Them little shits are tough. I know that. The oddest thing is seeing a head gone and just an Adam's apple left. We shot one with a pocket full of letters. Hell, I don't know what to think. It pisses me off worse than I can even feel. And if I could talk, I couldn't say it because my voice could never get loud enough to yell it as loud as I'd want to. I might can walk in a year, they said. It don't feel like it now. I'll have to get an artificial bank. Lank. Bank. Across the Pacific seemed like forever, but from Randolph to Fayetteville, which is a whole lot shorter, seems twice as long. For one thing, we've stopped four times. It's like a carrot in front of a donkey. It keeps pulling away. At least this time, I'm in a wheelchair. Those stretchers suck. 
There's an Air Force airman who's in charge of three of us. The other two are in a hell of a lot better shape than me, so the airman spends most of his time with me. We all three have got our uniforms on. I got a purple heart and two purple nubs. When the feelings started coming back, they stung and tingled like crazy, and people look at you like, what's wrong with you? But I figured out the way to do it is you don't try to talk unless you practice something over and over because you try, you try to say it and can't. You come across real stupid. It comes out like a goose barking sometimes. It's like you can't control it. They got my coat sleeve and pant leg pinned up nice. They got a, look, a little book on all this for amputees. Man, I've thought that word a thousand times, and I ain't got the nerve to try to say it. So they got this little book for all the Mr. Nubs. It shows you a couple of ways to fix your shirts, jackets, pants. I'll have to do it the easy way. Put my jacket sleeve in my pocket. Rhonda don't sew. And the book goes into all this stuff about artificial limbs. It says that for most people, artificial limbs never work out, and only about half the ones that need it end up with an artificial leg. The rest rather do without it. I ain't made up my mind. I'll have to see what I think. There's going to be a therapist for me at home and all that, and I'll be able to try out several different styles of artificial limbs in about two months, something I look forward to. I got my voice back, and I can say a few words. I got a little movement in my right shoulder and right hip. I had one wet dream, and when they cleaned me up, I didn't give a shit because it was worth it. One thing I could use is a warm, soft hand down there. Jackie. Jackie, 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 Jackie. The problem with me screwing Rhonda is that Rhonda will have to screw me. And how the hell are you supposed to hold on to somebody with a nub and a paralyzed hand? Grip her shoulders? This is going to be a tough part of readjustment. That so-called counselor at Danong was in the wrong tree. He talked about all the wrong stuff. Emotional adjustment and all that. I ain't worried about the emotional stuff, Frankenstein. I'm worried about jacking off or somebody else jacking me off and fucking. I'm worried about when Rhonda's going to leave, before or after the baby's born. And I'm worried about how I'm going to look like I'm supporting a family. The government is supposed to take care of that, thank God. And one of the things that galls me and scares me is holding a baby without dropping him or her, whichever. Float plain Jack, float plain Jane. What kind of daddy am I going to be? Whoopee! Time to play catch. Time to play marbles. Time to jump rope. Time to talk. Sing cowboy songs. Oh, bury me not on the lone prairie. It's amazing how much time you get to think when you can't talk or go nowhere. And you start to figure out what life is, which is doing things. Things you've already done or are getting ready to do. Like I am. You can't do nothing but think. If I can ever get to the place I can drive... Then I can buy some kind of van with a lift. They had them in the pamphlet, too. The plane engines are cut back. We're floating into Fayetteville. This thing hadn't gotten any windows, <clears throat> so I can't look out at the trees. There's a knot been coming up in my throat. The pilot announced North Carolina. Damn if I want to start crying. It's going to be Rhonda, Mama, Papa, and Thatcher picking me up, and the rest will be waiting at home. My home dog, Fox, died. He was too old. Papa had him put to sleep. Bliss has wrote me more than Rhonda has. My shoe, Johnny One's shoe, is spit-shined. I look pretty good, actually, considering. 
We touch down hard. Taxi. This knot in my throat. We stop. The ramp in the back of the plane is lowered. The Air Force guy rolls me out, slower than he needs to. There are other Army guys coming on board to roll some of the others out. There's a strong breeze. My hat's in my lap. We're rolling across the ramp toward the terminal. No bands. I see people through the glass. Not Rhonda, Mama, Papa, Thatcher. But they're there, I know. Shit, I'm losing it. I'm going to be crying like a baby. No loud noises, please. I'm going to be crying like a baby. I hate it. They might as well be carrying me in a goddamn cradle. rock a baby in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle. In through the doors, I straighten up. There they are, Rhonda in a white dress. She's gained weight, besides in her stomach. Her face. I say out loud to myself, Hi, babe. Here they come. I practice. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. God, Rhonda's crying too. Thatcher. Shit. Thatcher looks like he has every day of his life. Mama looks great. Papa looks old. Tired. Rhonda's arms come out toward me. Okay. Loud. Loud and clear. Hi, bake. God damn it. Oh, her arms. Tight. No, no. Longer. I want you to hold me a minute. Standing back now in that white dress and Thatcher standing there patting me on the shoulder. I can't get the arm up yet. Papa. I work it up from the upper stem of my spinal cord. Through my tongue and spit it out. Papa. He reaches down and grabs my hand. Shit, he's crying. Face all jerked around. I try to squeeze back. Useless. Mama gives me the longest hug. And she says something in my ear, but I don't understand it. I think about asking her to say it again, but I can't. Thatcher rolls me. Rhonda walks on one side. Mom on the other and Papa behind. The Air Force guy, I'd forgot him, is carrying both my bags. The other two fellas, I wanted to say bye to them. I got by down pretty good. They roll me out into the parking lot. The bright sunlight does funny things to my right eye. I try to explain that when you can't talk. The sunshine in, take it with a grin. Thatcher takes my bags from the Air Force guy who's got to leave now. He told me on the trip. He's going home to his girlfriend and his boat and his 62 Chevrolet and his daddy's sheep farm and three shotguns and a rifle and a guitar. Bye, I say in my golden tone. We roll up to the Jeep. Same old goddamn Jeep and a dog. Oh yeah, Mark's new dog, but I can't remember his name. Son of a bitch, if Papa ain't put a shell over the truck bed, and he's damn if he ain't rigged it for headroom, and him and Thatcher's pulling out two boards, and they got a rope, and shit, watch this. Papa ties the rope to the front of the wheelchair between my legs, leg, Get it in the center, Papa. I'll guarantee you nobody in the U.S. Marines today calls their Papa, Papa, except me. Thatcher is behind me. Papa gets up into the truck bed holding the rope. They start me up. I look over at Rhonda and Mama standing there. 
Two or three other people have walked up, a soldier too, and are looking. The soldier is looking at Rhonda. Rhonda and Mama are, are looking a little worried about me making it. Well, what the hell might happen? I might break my goddamn arm or something. I might fall, for Christ's sake, and break my goddamn arm. Whoa, and they might send me to Vietnam. This is a major risk operation. I wish I could holler. I wish I could holler that it's good to be home, even with old Thatcher around. Glory be. Shit, that was pretty easy. They turned me around and backed me up against the bed and fastened the back of the wheelchair to the damn truck bed. Something Papa rigged. Right on, man. If I were a carpenter and you were a baby. Oh, hey, that's a Johnny Cash song. Or something. And Rhonda's got a lawn chair back there and is is going to sit with me on the way home. Shit, Rhonda. You'd be riding with that goddamn sergeant if things were a little different. While we ride, I spend most of my time looking at Rhonda and her fat stomach. Cars come up behind us and people look in. Rhonda tells me over and over that they got a banner and everything for me at home and that I look good. I dreamed I was home in the graveyard twice and then that dream about Mark that was the realest I ever had. The cab shell has got crank out windows. I watch Rhonda and then the pine trees. It's pretty noisy to talk. I can't hear her sometimes. The dog is laying down nice. Rex, that's his name. Fox died. We turn in the driveway, and then Papa backs out into the road and turns the truck around and backs in the driveway and across the lawn right up to the sun, a sheet drooped over a badminton net that says, Welcome home, Meredith. It's real good to be here, but I want to jump out and hug everybody and go out to the dog pen and yell at the dogs. There they all are, standing at the steps. There's Bliss. Who is Nora Lee? God, she's a hippie. Good for her. I bet old Thatcher's pissed. Bliss. Bliss has got that look on her face. Bliss could take care of me forever and wouldn't think twice about it. Aunt Esther, corncob up her ass like always. Damn if she ain't crying too. Whoopee. Oh God, get me through this. Where am I going to live and who with? Bury me not. Look at them new yellow wood ramps. Papa is at it again. Inside, Aunt Esther has this these pictures of Mark in his airplane. That's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful Mark. I try not to talk any more than I have to. I can shake my head yes and no, push up my shoulder for maybe. I don't want to say what I ain't practiced. The therapist is supposed to come this afternoon. What I'd like to know is what happened to God. Aunt Esther, you got him locked up somewhere, afraid to let him out? Afraid he might hear somebody cussing, for Christ's sake? If that's the way it works, he ain't ever been in a war. And you figure in a posse of 12 fishermen, you're going to have some nasty language. That's the part that gets left out. Boy, if they knew I'd smoke dope, whoa. But some of the church women wrote me nice long letters. I got to give them some credit. Credit where credit's due. And here comes Thatcher with a puppy. A damn bird dog puppy. Lemon and white with a damn red ribbon. Bliss done the ribbon. His name's Floatplane, Rhonda said. They put him in my lap and he's licking, he's up licking my neck, wagging his tail. Shit, I'm losing it again. Papa ain't going to allow no dog in the house over a minute. They have my favorites for supper. T-bone steak, french fries, apple pie and ice cream. Rhonda feeds me. I got a little baby bib and everything. That was in the packet they sent home with me. 
Rhonda don't seem to mind. But this ain't Rhonda, friends. This ain't going to be her style for very long. They talk about the trip, the packet, and all it says about getting me in bed. Then the therapist comes and explains. He's nice. He explains stuff about the shit pan and getting me in bed and all that and then leaves. They all ask me some yes and no questions. I'm Mr. Congeniality or whatever it is. Hi, Bake. After supper, Bliss is squatting down, talking to me straight on. She hugged me long and tight like Mama. She will always hug me long and tight. Aunt Esther is already gone. She was pretty shook. Thatcher pats me on the shoulder. That hurt, boy? I shake my head. Hell no, Thatcher. It's a regular goddamn normal shoulder. It don't hurt any more than Norley's over there. The hurt is over. Hit me anywhere, you dummy. He bends over a little bit and says loud like I'm deaf. I'm glad you're back in one piece. Shit almighty ain't back in one piece, Thatcher. There are several other pieces. Shit. One piece. The rest of me's coming home. UPS. You ain't changed a bit, Thatcher. I just give him the shrug. If Mark had Thatcher's stupidness and Thatcher had Mark's sissiness, they'd be even. I got a brace for the good leg, or for the leg, period. I got a brace for the leg, and that gets clicked out straight, and two of them get under my arms and stand me up, and I always get dizzy, and everything whites out, and nobody ever gives me a chance to settle down before they set me down on the bed, so I don't get a chance to enjoy standing up very much. The bandages are off my head. My hair is growing back. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. My ear drains a little. Neat. So now, here are me and Rhonda in bed, and I can feel this ain't going to work out. I don't know how I feel it, but I know, because I know Rhonda. It would work out with somebody like Bliss. Rhonda loves to sing better than anything and is afraid of being stuck with Mr. Nub and Mr. Nub's baby and laying here in bed with a man that can't talk, can't walk, can't hardly move, can't jack jack off, can't eat, could kiss a little bit if she'd move on over and get close, but that would just set her up for nothing. And I swear I don't believe she's going to do one damn thing but close her eyes and go to sleep. On the third night home, Papa gets this idea to take me out and set me in the float plane. This is after the therapist come again and explained my exercises to Rhonda and Mama. Rhonda hadn't been too sick lately with the pregnancy. She's doing real good, Bliss says. She's working at the auto parts store and hates it worse than anything. I don't know how she got the job there. I swear I don't. She don't know a wheel from a radio aerial, but it's less than a mile away and she can come home for lunch and the guy lets her come home when she feels bad. But I see all this ain't going to work out too good. I'm one goddamn whole hell of a lot of trouble. I've got to work my ass off on the exercises so I can start taking care of myself. Mama and Rhonda are going to alternate days this first week. Bliss is going to help out the second week. Anyway, Papa came home for lunch while the therapist was here, and of course had to take him out to the shop and show him the float plane. They pushed me out there. The therapist thought it was some kind of swamp boat until Papa opened the wings out. So that night, my third night home, Papa decides he wants me to sit in the float plane. Okay, I'll sit in the float plane. I don't mind. I figure it's something. Mama didn't like the idea at all, but Papa says they can use the pulleys to get me up in the seat. That it'll be easy. Mama says it's dangerous, but I'm thinking it ain't dangerous. 
what's the worst that can happen? I bust my ass. Everybody gets in the act except Nora Lee, who has gone off with this guy who came to get her and wouldn't even get out of his car when he drove up. Thatcher rolls me out to the shop and everybody follows. We roll into the shop, which has that same sawdust electric saw smell it's always had, and there that thing sits like some kind of giant red mosquito. It's up on two long tables. It won't fit on the floor with all the crap in there, so they can't stand me up and then sit me down in it like if it was on the floor. They got to use Papa's idea, pulleys. The pulleys are hooked to two rafters, and Papa's got Norley's old swing set hooked at the low end of the chains. Mama has given up on complaining about it and is standing there beside me, ready to hold my shoulders. There is a ladder for her to climb up same time I go up. I'm waiting to see what's going to fall first. Somebody lets float plane in. He knocks something over. Get that dog out of here, says Papa. Mama is still worried. Albert, I don't know about this. At least check it out somehow first to see if that pulley's going to hold him. Thatcher, come here. Papa grabs the swing seat. It's about chair bottom level up from the floor. The chains are hooked in the rafters directly above the cockpit and swerve down beside the cockpit toward the floor. Wait, here. Let's slide the float plane out the out of the way, says Papa. We'll pull him straight up, slide it under him, and then drop him down into the cockpit. I force it out. Drop? They laugh and slide the tables and plane out of the way as far as they will go. I mean, ease you down, says Papa. Thatcher, here, sit in here for a minute. What for? I just want to see, for Mildred, that it'll hold them. Thatcher sits. The rafters creak a little. See, says Papa to Mama. I think you ought to check, see if it'll lift him up a little ways, says Mama. Okay, okay. Papa pulls on one pulley, then the other. One, then the other, so that Thatcher is level, then slanted one way, level, then slanted the other way. See, says Papa, and releases one side all the way so that Thatcher has to grab the chains at the same time as feet drop. Papa rolls me over to the chains, unhooks the swing seat from the chains, slips the swing seat up under me, and hooks the chains to the swing seat. Let's pull up both sides even, says Thatcher. They start me up with Mama beside me holding my shoulders so I can keep my balance. Lean back, son. I gotcha. I'm thinking, if I pitch forward, the damn floor down there is concrete. If I pitch forward, my ass is dead. They get me up there. Mama has to go up a couple of steps on the ladder. She's beside me, holding me so I keep my balance. I'm able to do a good job with my arm nub holding the chain against my side. Papa and Thatcher and Bliss get the tables and the float plane under me so that the left lawn chair in the cockpit is directly below me. Then they start easing me down, finally into the chair. Damn aluminum lawn chair bolted in there. That's the damn ejection seat in this thing. I look around. It's almost the very same as when me and Mark used to sit in it. And of all the days I've been patching together like little puzzles to run my fingers over, I'd forgotten the ones when we'd sit out here in the float plane and go on bombing missions over Germany and Japan and Korea. Five, four, three, two, one. I think about us sitting out here and then getting down out of the float plane and doing things in the shop with both hands, then going outside running and running and running. 
tackling each other, getting my nose hit so my eyes water and I sneeze. Something about all that, something almost like a blanket, falls down over my head and shoulders, and I start crying. My head drops, and I start crying like a baby. And they all think I'm crying because I don't want to be in the float plane. But I do want to be in the float plane. I want to remember and feel it all, to dream it up, to see me and Mark sawing some shape out of plywood or making our own kite with our own sticks made from bamboo reeds or making a glass-covered box for arrowheads and then going out to look up at a white and blue sky and, and go running and running and running off down to the woods somewhere. But they all start doing everything they can to get me down, getting the pulley hooked back up. Mama, back up the ladder. I want them to get out of the shop to leave me alone and let me put together one of those days like it happened, like a puzzle, and run my fingers over it. But I have to relax and let them do all they have to do over and under me like ants hauling a dead roach off somewhere back inside to get put to bed and listen to Rhonda think about what in God's name is she supposed to do with me in bed. It gets pretty crowded in the house here. We've got to figure something out. Mama wants to build on a new bathroom, but Papa says we don't need it. Papa does his share, I can say that. He usually helps me get in the tub every few nights. The worst part is somebody helping me take a shit and then wiping my ass. Rhonda did that for a while pretty regular, but she's starting to find more and more to do come shit time. Papa don't mind. Papa's like a woman in some days. He don't mind a lot of stuff. Papa's like a woman in some ways. He don't mind a lot of stuff. He took me hunting on the first morning of hunting season. We didn't stay the whole day and I just sat in the truck, but it was good to get out. I slept on the couch so I wouldn't wake Rhonda up. Papa came in and woke me up and put my leg brace on, clicked it out straight and stood me up. I can grip pretty good with my right hand now. I stand in a walker to get dressed. I've been thinking about how I'd be getting around now if it hadn't been for the brain thing. I'd be able to do everything by myself. When I start thinking about that, I get depressed sometimes. Growing up, I never got depressed. I don't know anybody who did. I didn't even hardly know what it was until that jerk counselor in Da Nong started talking about it. Somebody hired him in California and sent him to Vietnam to talk to the ones blowed up bad. Bad mistake. But I do get depressed now. If I start thinking about now, I can think about days when I was growing up and that helps me to feel good for some reason. At least I don't get depressed. But if I think about now or the future with Rhonda gone, I can really tell she's going to be gone. And I'm glad in a way because I worry about it all the time. It's pretty easy to get depressed. A real heavy feeling when you don't want to do anything, not even think. The halls of winter. It's like I'm walking around in dark halls. But I got an electric typewriter now and a little hospital eating table that can be rolled anywhere. I can't reach up and do letters yet, but Papa engineered this metal arm with a crook in the end where it hits the keys and another metal arm hooked to that that I can hold in my hand. It's got a gear and a roller so that without much movement, I can cover all the keys. Somebody's just got to keep paper in the thing, and I've subscribed to an airplane magazine, and I'm going to start collecting instructions for home-built air aircraft. It's sort of a joke because Papa has never had all the instructions to the float plane. I'm going to start collecting. I don't know what kind yet. I sure as hell can't get instructions for our float plane. Not a full set, not from the shop. Anyway, on the hunt, first day of hunting season, Papa rolled me in and cooked a big breakfast, 
sang a few songs like Uncle Hawk, and told me that great story about when they were in school and the teacher, who they called Mr. Yella because he was so pale, made Uncle Hawk stick his head in the trash can for tying the bell up so it wouldn't ring. Uncle Hawk says it stinks in here, and the teacher kicked the trash can, and Uncle Hawk forgot he was under a table and jerked his head out of the trash can and banged it against the bottom of the table. Papa said Led Cross had remembered it all his life and mentioned it every time he saw Uncle Hawk. That got me to thinking about the Florida trips. Mark will be home on leave this Christmas, and we'll all go to Florida together again. Strike up the band. Papa still writes stuff in the float plane notebooks. He showed it to me. He's got everything in there about the float plane and more. He scotch-taped this newspaper clipping in there about getting the truck out of the pond the time I drove it in there. I'd forgot it was written up in the newspaper, Hanson County Pilot, June 13, 1958. That was 12 years ago, long enough to get an education.